In today's episode of Lit, Justin and I pick up the conversation that we started last week and the week before talking about the two great sacraments um, to ask the question, who needs the church? So we invite you to uh, think about that question as you listen along, grab your favorite beverage, your prayer book, and pull up a chair as you join us. Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to life, liturgy, and the pursuit of holiness. I'm Bryn. And I'm Justin, and we're coming to you from beautiful Austin, Texas. Where each week we're talking about liturgy in everything from daily living to following Christ. Well, we're going to just dive right in again today. We've spent the last two episodes talking about um, the two great sacraments in our tradition, Holy Baptism and Holy Eucharist. Um, And last week, we really did a deep dive with Holy Eucharist. There was just so much that we could say about it. So um, if you haven't listened to uh, those podcasts yet, you might want to stop and go back and listen to those because we'll be kind of referencing the conversations that we've already had with those. Um, but we wanted to, to uh, continue that conversation, um, not by moving on to talk about um, the sacramental rites, which we'll get to, um, but by talking about what do these sacraments have to do with our life together in the church. Um, so the question that we want to tackle today is who needs the church? So Justin, you're up. You get to answer so, this question for I think us. That's, I think that's a great question, right? Because some of what we talked about in the previous episodes is how these sacraments connect us together. You know, baptism, uh, in many ways, that's an entry point. Well, not many ways, it is. It is the entry point into, into the body of the faithful. And then communion is something we, we communally do together. And we talked about this last week by way of uh, just a reflection that, that in the Anglican tradition, we don't, as clergy, stand at an altar alone celebrating the sacrament. We're there with, with folks. Uh, some It could be a small number, but there's going to be others there with us. And that, to me, connects us back to um, the need for community and connection and relationship. And that the sacraments in highlight the importance of that and reinforce it. Now, we can go to scripture and remember and think of a couple occasions uh, where we get those beautiful sayings that people talk about today, where two or three are gathered. True statement. Mm-hmm. Jesus sends the disciples out at least at a minimum of two. So there's more than one individual. And, you know, I think uh, not to get too technical, but I do think Christianity has, has taken an interesting turn. Uh, and Brian, you can correct me, but I'm going to blame it on the Enlightenment. Um I'll go with that. Where we, I blame it. We just blame everything on the enlightenment. Yeah, um, blame it on the enlightenment. Uh, where where we we developed this notion that um, potentially you could be uh, essentially a, on your own. Your faith yeah. could just be your own. Now, I want to be clear, right? There is an individual aspect to our faith, but there is a communal aspect that is highlighted in these sacraments. So to answer your question now in this roundabout long way that I think is really important, the world needs, everybody needs the church. We all need the church. We all need community connection. We all need the sacraments to, to reinforce that very reality. And if I may be some a little bit crass here, the other side of this coin, is, or the other reason I think we need the church is to not be selfish, mm-hmm. to not be into so individualized that I'm only looking out for number one. 
you know, if you walk through, as we did last week through Eucharist, you walk through baptism, we make some pretty important promises to each other in that. And we do some work that impacts both of us in those liturgies. They impact multiple people, impact the community, the body of Christ. So, I mean, that's part of a great, I mean, and think, of, and just to, just to, and then I'll hush, Brent, and then I'm going to hush. Okay, I'm going to hush right now. But I do want to say this, when I think about everything that's going on today in 2021, it's been going on a lot longer than 2021, but I'm going to point out this current time. Yeah. We all could use a little selflessness, uh, a little looking out for the other, a little bit of that relationship piece, because it gives us the ability when we have relationship, when we're in community, when we're in communion, when we're wrapped together in the sacraments, we can have hard conversations. We can disagree charitably. We can find those bonds and be reminded in the sacraments of those bonds that tie us together. So on that sermonette, Bryn, that is my answer to your question, uh, which is a great question, uh, folks, for us to tackle today, for sure. Yeah, well, uh, first, I would encourage all of our listeners to think about, you know, I mean, we're going to answer what we think you know, is, is at least to start to answer this question of who needs the church. But I think it's a question that's worth every faithful person's real discernment, you know, to think about like who, who does need the church? Um, Because, you know, one of the things that we believe as followers of Christ and as um, you know, as people who participate in a liturgical tradition um, that tries to equip us to follow Christ in certain ways. Um, we we believe that we're supposed to share this faith with other people. That we're supposed to, you know, go out and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, um, and preach the good news to all people. Um, so, you know, why who needs the church and why do we think we should do that is I think a good question for everyone to sort of um, tackle. Um, so I wanted to say that, but then I also wanted to um, to continue the thought that you started about um, that everybody needs connection and everybody needs community. And in some ways, I think we've seen an explosion of emphasis on community in the last, I don't know, I'll just say five years, but um, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't argue with somebody who, who challenged that time frame. Um, you know, we have, there's so many books that have come out about community and how to gather community, how important community is, the emphasis on community, um, and also have, have highlighted how starved people are for community, that many of the things in our lives um, keep us separate from community. And that was, you know, that was before a pandemic. Um, so now even more so. Um, and so, yeah, we do need community, but the church says we don't just need community. We need community and we need connection to Jesus Christ. That we need a particular kind of community. And I think that that's something that's just really worth saying explicitly. The church isn't just a community because people need some kind of community, Um Yes, people need community, but we believe that people um, need a certain kind of community. And for Christians, we believe that that is, you know, community bound together um, by the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. 
Totally agree. And I think that's one of the great dilemmas is some of what we've heard about. I totally agree. I, I would, I, for the sake of what you said, yeah, I think it goes back farther. Um, but uh, one of the great struggles is seeing the church differently than other communities. Or I would even say one of the great parallels sometimes is made by churchgoers, if I may be so bold, is they think of the church as a club. Mm-hmm. And that is a particular type of community, but it's not. That mentality is very different than yoke, taking on the yoke of Christ, if you will, and focusing on that reality and the Holy Spirit in our midst. Because if we're doing that, then we're not really a club. Mm-hmm. We're something very, very different because there's a lot more that can happen in a community with the Holy Spirit infused in it than is going to happen in a club or a community organization or. Mm-hmm. It's there's there's a degree of commitment that you have to be part of the church, to be part of that. I mean, you have to do, you know, it's one of the things you and I were talking about off air that I think is really important, right? Like the Jesus is gonna God's gonna continue to move in this world. God is gonna continue to move in this world. We, the people of God, i.e., the church, we have a responsibility to join with God, and we do that in this particular way. But if we behave like it's a club, then yeah, it falls apart. Our part falls apart, not the church, not God. That doesn't fall apart. We fall apart. Um, And I think that's something, dare I say, that a little bit of what a lot of across denominations right now are seeing a little bit of that during this pandemic is engagement. Uh, People staying committed to that body. Um, And, you know, that was just add the pandemic onto natural human uh, disagreements that have been a part of the church for eons that have been bubbling up at different points throughout the last 20 years, you know, it's all of that. And then we ran into a pandemic, which made us rethink how we're very much still in community with each other. Yeah. That doesn't mean we like it. Right. So, so, you know, so there's a, there's a, there's, you know, and I, I would say this to tie it together a little bit that the sacraments, when we come and take communion, which is hard right now. Like some churches are in person and some aren't, yeah. you know, depending on where you are listening. You you may be in one of the communities that's, you know, able to do a bit more in person than Brendan and I are able to do in Austin right now with our numbers where they are. Um, so presumably at one point when we come and take communion, for example, I mean, that's a responsibility, right? Like you you have something you're supposed to do to be part of, you know, to 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 not we'll say to be part of it, but to participate fully in, in that reception of communion as you look around the room at all those other faces there with you. Um, and I think that's something we have to remember and hold on to that, again, that takes you outside of yourself into the greater, bigger conversation, which is, the, I would say, I, I use this phrase, the children of God, um, the body of Christ, as Paul tells us. I mean, that's where we move into that. And the body mm-hmm. needs all its parts. I mean, Paul tells us, how many times does Paul tell us that? He tells us that several oh, yeah. times. The yep. body needs all its parts. He doesn't need the hand to think he's the, the hand to be self-righteous and think it's the only right thing and ignore the 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 face or the nose. You know, we need it all. We need it all to realize that it's interdependent on one another. And that's the great, that's the great challenge, I think, in the church in today's time, in a world where it's hard to find that connection. And honestly, to charitably disagree, uh, but agree on some really important pieces, which is some of the things you said early on, 
Jesus Christ. That makes us a particular kind of community. Yeah. Uh, and the Nicene Creed, if you will, is something we talked about previously as some kind of foundational things that we need to kind of need to accept those uh, for this to make sense. Uh, but again, it's not a thorough document in that sense that it tells us every little thing. Yeah. But it tells us a lot about what Christianity is about and some really important things that the church for, again, eons has adopted and held on to. So, so, I mean, so, so there is a personal responsibility to be committed to this community and the sacraments highlight that in my opinion, uh, that we do this very thing. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other problems with thinking of the church in a kind of club like way is that clubs are optional. You know, you can come and go, you decide you want to be a member for a little while. You can check out this club. You can, you know, if your friend joins, you want to join. If your friend leaves, you decide you're going to leave. But, um, you know, but the commitment that we ask of, of, of the members of our church is that they will, that they will be committed, that they make a real, a lifelong covenant to, to try to stick with it, to, you know, um, so that they can continue to, you know, feed and be fed by, by the church. Cause, you know, just like we asked this question, who needs the church? Um, you know, you and I are both in agreement that basically the world needs the church. Everybody needs the church. Um, the church needs everybody too, you know, that sort of goes both ways that the church needs, um, needs the diversity of the body of Christ, um, needs to have that diversity, um, reflected to it, um, so that it can serve the needs of the whole world. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot there that we could unpack too. And you and I have talked about that, um, you know, uh, uh, outside of here as well. Um, this, you know, this connection that we have to each other in Christ, um, man, it's just so powerful. It's very powerful. It's very, very powerful. And I will say, I'll put a bookmark here, something we'll probably revisit at a point in the future, that there is a, a conversation that we can have here on Lit, that we need to have, that we will have, we'll have at some point around, you know, discernment about participation in a particular body of the faithful, a particular expression of Christianity, a particular community to, to, to build on your commitment. I mean, there is a, I, I do think in today's time, we all too often treat church like, um, uh, like a club. So the minute we get a little upset, we leave when we, uh, we don't like something we leave or, uh, or we just get, or we just, we want something that's closer to the house. So we leave. Um, and, 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 and we can unpack some of that, but again, it's that I, I want to highlight what you said, Bryn. I think this is so important. And I, our listeners, you know, I actually say this, this may be something our listeners don't like hearing, but you got to commit. I mean, there's a commitment piece. We, we actually expect more than people realize. And by yeah. we, I don't mean clergy. I mean, we, the people to each other, but the people of God, the, the church community to each other have to know we're committed. Uh, we need that commitment. Uh, it's hard to, to be the body if you're not sure the whole body's in the game. Um, yeah. And that's the reality. If we're, if we, if we kind of are loosely affiliated, loosely connected, it's, it's really hard to do the work that maybe 
God invites us to consider in a particular place if we're not sure the whole body's there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think from a, you know, from a personal side of that too, there's sometimes that we need somebody else's commitment to sort of carry us, you know? I mean, I, I can just speak from my own personal experience of faith that there have been times where my faith felt strong, you know, really robust and so life-giving and like I could just, you know, go on it for forever. Um, and other times where my faith has felt weak and in need and, you know, sort of foundering. Um, and at those times, that I've been strong, I've been able to be strong enough for people whose faith was weak. And at those times that my faith has been weak, I've really needed those people whose faith at that time is strong. Um, you know, that I've, I've needed to just for them to carry my faith a little ways for me. I remember when I was younger, I, I lost my uncle and I was, he died really Suddenly, uh, it was a very, very quick progression of cancer. It was mm. diagnosis in October, death in May. And I was pretty close to my uncle. I had gotten closer as I gotten older. Um, we we're big into outdoors, just stuff like that. And I remember I was, I was about to say a bad word. I was really mad, <laughs> really mad at God and, um, and kind of wavering on even being involved in the church. Um, this was when I was in college. Um, and it was my church community that reached out to me. It was those folks that continually, when my faith was really, I don't want to say it was in a bad place. I think it's a real emotion. I was mad. Mm -hmm. and, and I think God can carry our anger. And I just, yep. I needed my church community to help me channel that anger back to God which got me moving through the grief process, but it was, I needed my community in that moment because there was no way I was going to be there for anybody else. And they were there for me. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. And even as a priest, um, I've served a couple of churches intentionally done intentional work. That was incredibly difficult in a very conflicted setting. And people like Bryn, people like colleagues in ministry, I needed them in a time where I felt very weak uh, and vulnerable in the bad sense, my own shame, my own, as Brene Brown would say, it's, it's my own, not good vulnerability, we'll call it. Um, and I needed my colleagues and I needed my church in the broader sense outside of yeah. that local community to come. And they did, you know, so there's these moments that, you know, and I think that goes back to that, right. To that selfless moment that we commit so that we can, we can be there for each other. We can be there with each other in the highs and the lows uh, and it's, and, and we balance each other out that way. You know, it's, 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 that's why it's so funny to me. Christianity at its very core, it's very core is just relationships. I mean, that's the, that's the irony in, in one sense to me is it's just relationships. It's our relationships back to our creator, back to Jesus, about back to the Trinity. It's our relationships to each other. And, mm -hmm. and when we think about the two great commandments that Jesus gives us, you know, which I think we all Christians should remember these words very carefully, right? Very carefully, especially today. Jesus tells us, love God. That's relationship. Love your neighbor. That's relationship. 
And on these two basic commandments, hang everything that's come before them. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, if we don't synthesize everything that's come before those two statements through the lens of those, then we're missing that core piece of relationship that keeps yeah. us together. It allows us to be there for each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so vitally important um, to your, to your point, to my examples, you can't be there for each other. If you're not there, you got to be there and you yeah. got to be there as you are, where you are willing to participate, to commit, to live into that deep baptismal vow that we walked through uh, a couple episodes ago. I mean, there's some really powerful statements we make in baptism as a whole body and as individuals that we should seriously contemplate and, and internalize. But the thing, the other thing I would urge though, in addition to that is, I think what you said about showing up, you know, just being there to participate is so, so important because a lot of times we think, and I hear this from people, you know, in the comments that I, that I get from folks, um, you know, if they miss church for a little while or something like that, that sometimes people will not come to church because things are going wrong or because they're not really their best selves. And so they don't want to come to church until everything's like ironed out or, you know, until they can like really show up and be present for other people. But, you know, and some of that is maybe we've sort of overemphasized and it's important that we, that we come together as the body of Christ to serve one another, but sometimes it means we're the one who needs to be served. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I think people don't come um, because they think that you can't come unless you are ready to serve. But sometimes I think you need to show up and say, I'm the one who is struggling right now uh, and let people be able to minister to you in whatever way that is. I mean, you may, it may be simple or it may be like a big thing, you know, um, you, you probably have been in churches where uh, somebody stops going for a little while and then you check in and you find out that like they stopped going because they had some kind of um, life threatening illness and they didn't want you to know about it because they didn't want, you know, to trouble you or they didn't want you to see them um, not at their best as though that would be, you know, a bad thing um, or that you would think less of them or something like that. So um, at least for our listeners, I want to, I want to really make the point that the church in being there to serve other people also means that there are other people there to serve us when we are the ones who are in need. Very much so. And, and, uh, and I'll take that, I'll build off of that service aspect too, to say, you don't have to assume that the only that to get something out of the community is because you're going to put a whole bunch of service in. In other words, uh, I take this old mission trip mantra. We don't go on mission trips outside of our context just so that we can impact others. We go so that we can be in relationship and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And, get, and there's a give and take that is church community. That's the same thing. You show up, you give when you can, when your gifts are, are when your gifts make sense, you, you utilize those. And then when you're in a tough spot or, or something's going on, as I was at one point, you receive. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. 
Um, and I would say, uh, I would say too that, um, and I, I don't know, you know, Brent, I, I'd be curious to see what you think about this, but I feel the need to say this statement. I'm going to say it. And that is a church community is more than the priest, pastor, minister. That's not, they're not the church. That's not mm-hmm. the church. When you look around that room, that's the church. And that's a big, weird kind of identity shift that's been happening in the last 30, 40, 50 years, really, where people equate the church with the minister. We're not the church. Um, you know, we, we, we long for people to be in community. Uh, I'm called to be a priest. If I make my livelihood doing that, great. If the livelihood piece goes away, I'm still a priest. I'm still going to come along and I'm going to do the things that we've talked about in previous episodes. I'm still going to consecrate the sacrament. I'm still going to try mm-hmm. to come alongside communities, whatever those look like. Yeah, I love I love being a priest and I'm going to continue to be a priest um, until I my eyes close on this earth and hopefully I wake up in the arms of Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's the reality of it. But we're, I am not the church. You're not the church, you know? So I think that's a really important thing when we talk about the community, we're part of the community. We're one part. And we're going to come to this uh, later this spring when we talk about kind of orders of ministry. And we've touched on it at different points previously, the different calls to ministry. We're just called to particular actions inside the community, but we are not the church. I am not St. Luke's on the Lake. I am Justin Yon, Episcopal priest, rector at St. Luke's on the Lake. I have a particular function not the church and yeah. the same is true for you at incarnation. Um, and I think that's really important when we're talking about commitment to the community that you don't base your commitment on the minister. You know, that's not the church. You base your commitment on that community gathered, wrestling with God, wrestling with each other, growing. And I think another thing I want to make say here uh, is that growth is sometimes uncomfortable, but that's great. You know, my children right now, like my daughter who's six months old, She's been screaming her head off again all of a sudden, all over the place. And we realized she's growing. She grew like an inch. (laughs) And it hurts. You know, growth, growth isn't a comfortable thing. It's not a and when we're really committed to community, you're gonna experience some massive spiritual growth as you participate and engage with them. And sometimes that's gonna be uncomfortable. And that's okay. That we have to tell ourselves that's okay. Yeah. It's part of that commitment, it's part of the outcome of fully committing oneself into a community. Yeah. Um, and, and again, back to the core relationship, 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 relationship. Yeah. Well, and one of the parts of relationship is being able to, you know, show up and be fully present to one another. Um, and, you know, it's never, it's never all or nothing either. You know, at the times when, when you might need something, you probably also have something to give, you know? And when we talk about approaching the altar, you know, coming around the table to receive Holy Communion, um, we talk about, you know, we talk about leaving our offering at that table or bringing our whole selves to that table And that really means like whether we have, you know, an abundance to give or whether we have a debt that we want to give, you know, what we're told is that, that Christ will take it all for us. Um, And that just, you know, that's a real comfort. And, um, you know, so when we talk about who, who needs the church, 
we all need the church. Um, one of the things that the church does is it, it takes us as we are and the world needs that the world needs some acceptance. The world needs some love. The world needs some compassion, um, and a place that will take you as you are. Um, and where else in the world right now, do you get that? Um, if not for the church. Amen. And this all reminded me, and maybe this is a great way to close. Uh, it reminds me of that wonderful invitation um, from Iona that goes like this. Um, Come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried and you who have failed. Come because it is Christ who invites you. It is our Lord's will that those who want to meet God shall meet God here. And I think that's it in a nutshell. Well, Brent, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So next week, we're going to kind of pick this train up a little bit and keep moving it down the tracks as we uh, go a little step further into what these two great sacraments mean uh, in our lives and in the world uh, as we expand on this conversation a little bit more fully. So until next time, have a great rest of your week. Lit is a production of the Reverend Bryn Bond and Justin Yon, Episcopal priests in Austin, Texas. Music is provided by Alitu. We encourage you and invite you to send your questions to us via the emails you'll find in the show notes below. We will ask uh, answer them on air at a future date, and we so appreciate your listenership.